Hey, welcome to the Hollywood Palms podcast, where a guest is given a palm reading and we discuss their past, present, and future. I'm your resident skeptic, Portland, and joining us today is a writer and the co-host of How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. And believe me, she's survived a ton. You guys, this is Christine Kimmel. Christine Kimmel, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. I'm excited. Are you actually? Yeah, I'm going to go on a journey. You are. Well, we're going to go together. We're going to know, we're going to learn. Well, maybe we'll learn just exactly how to survive having your palm read. It might be, it might be making a new episode for us as well. That's fantastic. I know you're the co-host of the How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, or is it with Christine and Danielle? It's with the book. You know, it depends on, it depends on who, uh, you know, I'm mad at. <laughs> Studio first. Exactly. <laughs> who dibs it that week. Yes. <laughs> And have you ever tried to survive having your palm read? You know what? I think maybe like 20 years ago, I had my palm read at a bachelorette party. Oh my gosh. I can't, I, I want to know whether or not that was accurate. Hang on a second. We need to bring Queetley in so he can hear all about your experiences and we are going to learn, well, we're going to learn everything about you. So I hope you're ready to be read and learn all about your past, your present, your future, and possibly other realms that we haven't even considered yet. Queetley? Meet Christine Kimmel. Hello, Christine. Hey, Queetla. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Thank you for uh, coming to our table and submitting yourself to a palm reading. This is going to be and, great. Queetla, hold your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> good. Well, okay, good. good. So, Christine, saying that she may or may not have had her palm read some time ago at like a bachelorette party kind of thing. What? So, Queetla, was that you? It was not me, but uh, my first question is, was 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 there like a dancer and was the dancer also the palm reader? Like, was there, you know, were there multiple? And then like, yeah, let me like, hold your hand and oh, reach. Oh yeah. That's a great question. You know, there was a lot of alcohol consumed. Okay, yeah. Understood. Sure. I was, were I was you quite a young, I was quite a young girl at this time. Were you, and were you the bride, Christine? What's that? Were you the bride? Oh gosh. No. Um, oh. I was close to being a bride though, at that point in my life. Okay. And that was one of the, I think moments where I was like, I should, I should leave this small town and go Whoa. to California. That palm reader is right. Wow. No way. So it was, it was, wow. it was an important palm reading, I think in my life. What small she, town was it? Can you say? Yeah. Wadsworth, Ohio. Wadsworth, Ohio, named for the seminal uh, Tim Curry character in Clue, no mm -hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. Of when course, you think yeah. of Clue, think of Wadsworth, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a different town. And then once that movie came out, we were like, that's, we've got to change the name of this town. Oh, it was oh. like, um, <laughs> and tails for everyone. Exactly. That's how everyone dresses there. All the, all to, to factories. It's weird. Huh. I can picture but, like the marching band at the local high school. I get the whole thing and I'm really into it. It's, yes. It's <laughs> all there. You got your, your trucks, you uh -huh. got your, small town football games and it's always overcast or like dark and raining and there's occasionally um a a go-go doing a singing telegram on your front porch now the sun and then. comes out twice a year that right? <laughs> and uh you have clinical depression 365 days a year okay that checks out yeah yeah that's what i read about wadsworth ohio anyway yeah christine you're the first person i think that i've had in a very long time that has had a palm reading and then also had a 
perhaps positive experience with it. Not to dig on palm reading or whatever, but it it seems like of the uh, fortune-telling experiences, palm reading, I find in my experience, tends to be like the the least. It's usually like a psychic or tarot cards. I think it's probably the most popular or, you know, there's like Hmm. I Ching and and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated. I want to remember to talk about how this palm reading experience compares to the one you had, you know, a little while ago uh, at that bachelorette party. That's going to be neat to find out. Okay. So when the stripper arrives to this palm reading, (laughs) that'll be a whole new thing for us. Well, surprise. He's already (gasps) here. What? So excited. I can't wait. (laughs) You don't have to. Here we go. (laughs) Start the music. Uh, Okay. So you're left-handed. Correct. Wow. Okay. That's pretty neat. Also, just for whatever reason, it happens to be more rare in my palm reading experience to come across right. uh, lefties. This is going to be great. Were you always left-handed or did, like in school, did, they did something to happen? Right-handed? Yeah. You know what? That had passed, I think, by the time I was in, in mm-hmm. school. They, they weren't trying to force people to be uh, right-handed anymore. Thank goodness. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Okay, so the style of palm reading that I do, uh, I read the four major lines on your palm, which would be your lifeline, your fate line, your headline, and your heart line. Well, you don't have to remember this or whatever. I'll be going over this in detail. Um, I'm taking notes. Good. I, I also like that. I know you're joking. I know you're joking, but I would. <laughs> like, I want to believe that you are. Uh, it would be nice if everyone did that. She's uh, taking mental notes. <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Uh, okay. And so of those four major lines, what I'm reading is uh, the shape of the lines themselves, of course, how they're situated, um, compared to each other and how they are in your palm. And then there's a whole bunch of sort of secondary lines that interact with those four major lines. And, and that's sort of what I'm interpreting. Uh, it is a lot like me trying to describe to you, let's say a painting that you can't see. And I'm only looking at that painting like right up to my face. So I can't see the whole painting at once either. And I'm describing it to you in parts uh, he does this at museums, and we get kicked out of so many places. Because, yeah, sir, please, yeah, the, the sir. The starts to go off. <laughs> You're sir, your nose. Sir, your nose. <laughs> sir, your nose. Right. So it, it, the Mona Lisa, sir. It's exactly like that. So, having said that, let's let's get to it. Uh, the first line I'll start with is your lifeline, which starts between your thumb and index finger. It's on that thumb side of your palm, and it arcs around your thumb pad, what I look for right away are if there are any breaks in this line. Uh, breaks would be um, classified that's as like... Breaks are when he carried you. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would be similar traumatic events. I feel like that would be equally traumatic. It could be like going into a coma or winning the lottery or when he carried you. <laughs> These are moments in your life where you had to put your life on hold and deal with them, essentially. And so okay. that's what the break represents. You don't have any breaks like that. That's not yeah. to say that there aren't traumatic or life-altering events that happen in your life. It's just that according to your poem, you have the uh, fortitude to just 
roll through those issues. Like I'm a hard ass. Yes. Thank Paul you. is telling you. Yeah. I'm a hard ass. First and foremost, uh, that's what it's telling me. Yeah. I can uh, I can win in a fight. All right, that's what I'm taking out of that. I uh, yeah yeah I, I think that would be a, a, a correct interpretation. Sure. Uh, what I also look for then is just the general shape of your lifeline. I want to see a nice smooth, like moon shaped curve around your thumb. I don't want it to extend way out to the pinky side of your palm. I don't want it to cut into the thumb pad of your palm. Uh, I want nice, even and smooth. And so yours is pretty, um, curvy and smooth consistently all the way around. There's a little bit of a bump, uh, about two thirds of the way down, and then there's some more business going on near the tail end of your lifeline. So I should mention right away, your lifeline has nothing to do with how long you live. Uh, I can't deduce that or anything. Your lifeline is more about your quality of life, how good you are and making yourself happy. Uh, and so that's essentially what the lifeline is telling me, um, your happiness level. Or at least your capability of it. Not that, you know, you will or won't be happy, but do you have the capacity for it? Or are you always chasing some kind waterfalls. of a chasing don't, waterfalls? Don't go chasing waterfalls. Right. And don't now we are in a lawsuit. Thank you for it. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> so at the very start of no your lifeline. Waterfall. <laughs> I'm trying to say. Don't stay away from waterfalls. There you go. Yeah, I think what's the rule? You have to change it ten percent, and then we're okay. <laughs> Do go chasing waterfalls. There you go. Now we're fine. At the moving on. Start at the start of your lifeline, Christine. Your there's like a a barbed wire or chain link pattern here where your headline and your lifeline overlap. I generally expect to see that that. Barbed wire pattern loosely represents chaos, generally. And chaos is an overly dramatic word. It just represents that there's a lot going on, uh, specifically a lot of conflicting um, energies going on. Uh, and that's pretty normal for everyone. That generally represents childhood, and it's all about learning and mistakes and all that. So uh, it, it's good that it's here. What I do notice then about this part of your lifeline, it is it is much shorter than I would expect to see uh, on average. Um, it, it doesn't even come out past your index finger, that sort of pattern. On top of that, your headline and your lifeline split off very early, almost right at the start of the line. That split generally represents the move into maturity or adulthood. Um, again, this is generalized terms um it's not about age it's more about mm -hmm. an experience or experiences you're having that splits apart the headline and the lifeline as a symbol into your move into adulthood putting away childhood things that split happens very early for you which would lead me to believe to interpret that for you childhood whatever that represented to you was prematurely ended uh there there is also a deeply cut line that comes from underneath your thumb and essentially connects with that point here where your headline and your lifeline split uh that connection doesn't continue on to anything else it, it essentially stops at that split so that 
suggests to me that there is some perhaps event. Uh, it's so deeply cut. I'm not certain that that's a person. Uh, there was some event that led to you having to grow up quickly. You having to have some kind of a epiphany about maturity or whatever, something about you having to like, oh, I have to, perhaps I have to handle this. I have to process this information. And in processing this event or this information, it led to like, oh, I, I guess childhood is kind of over for you. Um, why I say it's an event and and even to back it up a little bit, the thumb pad area itself, the thumb area, all of that represents family. And again, that's in the loosest, broadest term, family. What it really means more applicably would be like responsibility or obligations or or things that you take upon yourself, burdens that you shoulder for whatever reason because of responsibilities that are put upon you. Um, so generally when a line comes from around that thumb and intersects with things, first of all, it's some kind of family event or something that means family to you. It doesn't necessarily mean a person or someone in your immediate family. It would mean, it could mean an event or a series of, of events that are connected to your family or, perhaps people who are just familiar to you. It could be something cultural, something about your upbringing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm saying all of these things, hoping that I trigger what, what this event might be and that you would recognize what this is. If it's helpful, I can try to figure out an age range. This feels awfully early. I, mean, I think like, you know, my brother used to grow a lot of pot on our roof okay. of our house. And then he would say, now when you get home from school, make sure you bring the pot in before mom gets home from work. Because At what age were you the, the 10 pot courier? Okay. I was 10. Okay. And right. if you forget, I'm going to tell mom it's yours. Wow. Oh my God. So <laughs> Is this what Wadsworth, Ohio is all about? This is like normal. This is a normal, you know, childhood activity. I promise it's not. So I promise it's not. Did, did the... In my town. Um, I mean, in my I'm... part of town, this is a normal childhood activity. Wow. Um, okay. It could be, it could have been, that was the moment where I was like, I don't need to play with Barbies anymore. Oh, okay. That was what um, I was I going to ask. Kid. Okay. Another night he woke me up. I think this might've been sixth grade. And he was like, get dressed. We're all black. It was like midnight. I don't know. A school night. And we drove to my aunt's house. And there was a giant pot plant growing like <laughs> next to her house, you know, in a pot in a pot a pot in a pot and he was like go get that and take it <laughs> it was her boyfriend's and i was like i'm not i'm not taking it it's too heavy and then you know he he kept pushing me to get out pushing me to get out and i was like uh-uh like he could have a gun he's he could be like he's gonna shoot me because he's probably just looking out the window and 
he ended up teasing like he was teasing me he ended up taking it himself he was gonna do it himself but he just wanted to traumatize you (laughs) i just need to to understand your your brother is older than you i assume yeah, he had. I mean, he could drive. <laughs> well, that's, he could be seven. We don't know. Uh, so you're sixth grade-ish, and how old is he at this point? He would have been sixteen, okay. might maybe seventeen. So he really just wanted company. <laughs> oh, well, that's you know, nice, right? He didn't want to go alone. He, this was like he wanted to bond with me. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, not then, about, does he have children now? I'm not making notes for he, CPS or anything. He has adult children now, yeah. Okay, okay. He's a grandfather. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> as is as is the uh, tradition in my family, all people become grandparents in their late 30s, early 40s. Okay, okay. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm just throwing out that these could have been potential moments when I was like, you know what? I don't really fit in with my friends. Yeah. I mean, very astute of you, Christine. That's exactly the kind of thing I was trying to describe is it wasn't, it was a series of events. It was like a gradual, like I, I have to focus on these more important details. Uh, and it was that maturity of sort of realizing like I, I, I can't play with Barbies anymore or whatever. Uh, I, I think that is the event that I was trying to describe or series of events. Uh, it seems though that there's a pattern here. All of these events are caused by your brother. So I then just wonder if this line then is indeed a person and is your brother <laughs> and your brother is tangentially responsible for you uh, for that split from your lifeline and headline on your palm and you sort of having a shorter childhood than perhaps uh, most people normally have. Uh, I, I made note that that line, the who I now think is your brother, the brother line doesn't connect with anything else on the rest of your palm. So it's not like it's... Hmm, so traumatic that it's throwing everything else in disarray. It really is just a point connecting the separation of your lifeline and your headline on your palm. And that's, that's interesting to me. I mean, I guess I'm saying that that's good news that even though it perhaps sparked a level of maturity that you sort of had to deal with (laughs) these requests, go steal that pot plant, uh, things like that. It didn't seem to be sapping like the rest of the energy of your palm or, or anything like that. I feel like that's good. And and to my satisfaction, I think that explains why that shape exists on your palm. So moving down then your lifeline, uh, like I said, I didn't see any breaks or anything like that. Uh, a little more curious is... Uh, there's a couple of lines on the inside of your lifeline. That is the thumb pad side, and they are paralleling your lifeline. That Those specific parallel lines almost always represent some kind of a buffer or coping mechanism or something that you have put in place to try to protect you from responsibilities or obligations or whatnot, things that you feel like aren't necessarily your 
they're not your doing. These are external responsibilities being thrown at you. So then, curiously enough, so we have your your buffer lines here. What they seem to be trying to block or prevent is this other deeply cut line that is trying to get at your lifeline. Uh, and so that deeply cut line directly connects with what we already established is probably your brother line. So then my interpretation here is you have, you had put in brothers. Place, you have, oh, I do. <laughs> hey, look how good I am at this. You, you have something. If that other line is a person and is your brother, this second line looks exactly like it. My interpretation there is it would be a person, it would be a family member. There was some family member who was perhaps repeatedly problematic for you, so much so that you created some kind of a mechanism in order to try to insulate yourself from that person's, I'll say that person's bullshit, whatever that was. It may not, in fact, have been bullshit and I'm trying to quickly cover myself in case you're like, I, I have a relative who was very ill and I had to take care of them. Like, like that would be a similar nice. situation. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to be super rude about it, but according to your poem, this family member that you were trying to insulate yourself from, you're doing it because their bullshit kept trying to spill into your life. Um, for the most part, from what I can see, these buffers, like you had two of them in place, like the number two is specific for these coping mechanisms. So it would be one like I moved away and the second one would be like I tried not to talk to that person alone or, you know, something like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. okay. um, it would be some kind of a buffer like that. It would be to yes. insulate yourself from that person and... The conclusion here is it seems like these mechanisms worked for you. They took some energy to put in place and maintain, but I never see this line actually connect with your lifeline. So yeah. does that ring true for you? I mean, I think, yeah, like moving 2,500 right. miles away uh, oh, oh, okay. to California oh. and... Uh, not visiting very often. <laughs> that like was probably good, the other one. Oh, it's okay. like a, it's it's a real buffer of it, protection. It is. it is. It's in. I would say in my experience, the most common is like simply moving away. Is usually remove yourself. Right. Right. Uh, and like I said, your if, if those two are in fact the buffers, they appeared to be successful, and they were low cost energy for you in that. You didn't have to constantly maintain them. You simply, you know, went no contact for as long as you felt comfortable. Uh, and so the going back then, the first question is, is that then, was it a person that you were? I, I think so. I mean, it's hard to sort of. It's hard to pick. Crystallize. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to pick because it's, it's kind of, you know, like. Uh it's one of those complicated situations where you love your, you know, you being me love my family, but also realizing what is healthy for me and, and what is uh, good for me to do is to distance myself from things that are difficult. Um, and yeah, I do have two brothers who I have con limited contact with 
And my older brother was a really violent person when we were kids whose violence spilled to my middle brother who then was, you know, problematic with me in the sense of like exposing me to a lot of things that I shouldn't probably have been exposed to. right? Right, Right. So I think it was this, a lot of chaos and tumult and, and things that a kid shouldn't have been exposed to. Um, am I doing comedy right now? <laughs> We're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. To I, uh, punchline uh, the punchline is coming. Um, Where's the joke? I was told. <laughs> so you're like, we were asking funny people to come on and this is, I'm still waiting for her to be funny. Um, so yeah, I think like comedy was for me the, how, you know, I, how a lot of comedians deal with this kind of stuff is by being funny. So um, what's the age spread with you and your brothers? Uh, I'm the youngest and it's five and seven years. Okay. So you also have two really like wild teenagers mm-hmm. who don't have boundaries mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's a single mother and uh, struggling and, and not a lot of money. And they're just like going crazy, like getting arrested, going to jail, selling drugs in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, a lot of like uh, real insanity happening. And then a kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then so, you, yeah. Yeah. I'm the child yeah. and they were having kids like while they were in high school. Wow. So then we, like my mom became a grandmother when she was 36 my goodness. Yes. It was a lot of chaos and a lot to see when you're small. And I think what does protect you though, when you're a kid is that you, again, like you kind of go, this doesn't, I I mean, I think I knew, you know, you know, like this isn't quite normal, but you also, it is just your stand. It's like, you don't know anything else. So in a way it is a protective um, measure to not know that it's not supposed to be that way. Sure. sure. You know, so I do think that does protect you in a, in a way. Was there some kind of moment where you realized, Hey, this is not kosher. Oh, thank this you. I was just going to ask that. And it's relevant to what I'm seeing in her poem too. Yeah. Was there, <laughs> was there a moment like Portland and just asked? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think it maybe didn't really hit me until high school when I had a couple of teachers oh. pull me aside and say, you should go to college. You know, cause I was, I was the first person in my family to graduate from high school. Wow. So I didn't even think I would do that mm-hmm. to me. That was like, oh, you can, people do that. Like, mm. and then, so to have a teacher say you could, you could go to college was like, what? That seemed like going to the moon. Like and the I kind think of that, thing that, where you like look behind you, like me, me? You're, you're like, I, I, yeah, 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 I, I couldn't, see. I, I couldn't believe that. Cause that wasn't the kind of world I lived in. Huh. huh. But it's so who you, think, but it was who you were supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that for me was like a real wake up call of like, I could have, I could have a different life than this. Like I, I don't have to, I don't have to stay in this world. Like this, this could be. This could be a different life. The reason I wanted to know uh, if there was a pivotal moment for you that kind of set the stage for you getting out from the situation that you were in is the first 
mm, we'll say the first half of your lifeline and the lines associated with it are wildly different than the second half. Uh, if you can see in your own palm, this first part is a chaos of lines. There are a lot of lines intersecting. Whenever lines essentially um, cross at any point, that's like a moment of conflict is what I'm reading. Uh, and so there's a lot of that on the first part of your lifeline. There's the, the buffers get put in place. And then shortly after the bottom half of your lifeline looks completely different. It almost looks smooth compared to the first mm -hmm. part of it. Um, what's fascinating to me then is that first part. Usually when I read a poem, the lines are, to scale with somebody's life. And I don't think that's the case for you. Um, that first part of your life till, till the point where you first felt like you were, I'm going to use the word free when you were free of that and just didn't have to worry about that anymore impacting your life. Um, whenever that moment was, it, it, it occupies so much of your lifeline. Uh, everything's the, the timeline of it is sort of distorted. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that your palm is showing. It was such an important moment for you. And it's really sh like exaggerating the, the effect of it that it had on you to, I mean, to see how it's nothing but chaos for the first half. And then your lifeline and all of the lines associated with it, are almost gone. Like I said, it's almost smooth. Um, so you already know, but your palm is communicating to me then that it was so important for your life is night and day from the, from before to that moment where you finally felt like you could breathe or something like that. Uh, that's really fascinating. And it, because it doesn't impact the rest of your lifeline, the interpretation there is that all of that, you you apparently made all of the right moves you that were healthy and good for you. Uh, so if you had any doubt or if there's any regrets or something like maybe I should have done this differently, maybe I shouldn't have gone as much no contact as I did, according to your palm, you can put all that aside. You made the choices, the hard choices, quite frankly, that you had to make. And they, they were good. They have worked. If you aren't aware of it, your palm is saying, look here, your life would be so much different if yeah. you just didn't take some of those hard choices and didn't make some of those hard choices. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So Let's that's, go back and, and high five, baby Christine. Your <laughs> own palm is high fiving your choices. My, my palm is happy about it. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it, and, and I'm going to, ominously say as far as your lifeline is concerned <laughs> we have not gotten to the rest of your palm yet i don't know uh and so then yeah but uh, look what you're talking about look at that i see what you're saying like it looks chaotic just in terms of being kind of of a scribble scrabble of right. lines no offense but the i just the idea of what you have said i mean to me looking at your hand it just looks like hey look a hand but what you have said about the circumstances of you being a young girl, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, 10 years old, 12 years old, and your older brothers being 
maniacs. Yeah. It's extraordinary yeah. that you have grown up to be a fully functional and, and successful and extraordinary lady. Oh, I'm very nice. proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I think what you guys haven't told the audience, though, is in the chaos part, it actually spells get out. It, no, it does. That's what And yeah. they can't see, the people listening yeah. can't see that. So it is, uh, it, this, oh, look, oh, it's changing now. Look, it's forming into, it's, this is, <laughs> your hand is somehow like a magic eye. <laughs> I think we should stop right now. Uh, no. So the one last, <laughs> <laughs> the one last detail then, why I was mentioning, uh, why I think your lifeline is sort of, is distorted by the fact that it's so, I'll say proud of the, the change, the changes that you decided to make in your life, that they were so successful. I would say that your lifeline is shorter than I would expect. I, I would usually expect the lifeline to at least touch your wrist, if not go off your palm. I think a large part of this is just the exaggerated nature of what it's trying to convey. Um, but the hard interpretation of the overall all length of your lifeline is that you had, there is a danger for you to choose to make decisions that won't make you happy. That's not mm. to say that you will be unhappy. It's just that if you are given options, not having looked at the rest of your line yet, just your lifeline is saying that you will make decisions and your happiness won't be the primary motivator for that decision. Uh, or you have, there is a danger for you that that's a case. Uh, I, I don't know if that rings true for you. If you're the kind of person to put your happiness or your satisfaction in your life secondary at best, is that maybe something you I do? Mean, only now because I'm a parent and I sometimes oh, feel like okay. I have to because their needs, I, I don't always get to put my needs first, okay. you know, because it's a bit of a requirement of the job, I guess. And I think I over-exaggerate that because I feel like I didn't get that option right as a kid. So I think I am very cognizant of the fact that I want them not that not not I don't think I'm a martyr I mean I definitely no 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 not that make right. sure my need you know I'm not like oh I don't need dinner the children you know it's not yeah. like I'm completely <laughs> suffering you know I don't know that came off naturally <laughs> I have said that before I d guys I get a massage regularly oh, okay good, I, good like good once a month I that's not that regular but um <laughs> I try to take care of myself um but I do think I'm very um aware that I want them to feel very cared for. And so if that means that, you know, I might not have everything the way exactly I want it, then that's okay. Your, your interpretation, your, your collaboration with me on this, I feel like is spot on. Um, and you said it yourself, you are aware of trying to make their happiness uh, like a priority. Uh, and I think it sounded like even above and beyond what any of us would think, you know, would be a normal parent's responsibility for that. And it's because you didn't have that opportunity. So I think that's where the palm reading advice comes in is that there's, 
the danger that you will slip way further into that kind of mentality. And so I don't think you have. Your palm doesn't suggest you have. Uh, it just because it's uh, your lifeline is a little shorter than I would expect. That would my interpretation would be that the danger is there. So the whole point of this, of course, is that now you're aware. Uh, the palm reading advice, as your official palm reader, would be yes. that just be be aware that you don't slide further and further to ignore your own happiness in favor of other people um, because you feel like you owe them, you know, the thing that you didn't yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. Just be careful of it is all. I'm going to take this as I have your permission to now um, yell at my kids. Uh... You're sucking my life. <laughs> I was thinking like, you can reschedule your massage if they need something, but you don't cancel it. That's <laughs> kind of where I was thinking this was going. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe we meet in the middle. Okay. Okay. I mean, there are extremes. Uh, say it in a nice way. Hey, guys, right now you're sucking my life. <laughs> Could you please stop yeah. doing that? I have a palm reader now, and he says you guys yeah, are too much. So he told like me. This. <laughs> he told me, guys. That you could suck my lifeline out of me, and yeah. that could be bad for me. So maybe you could just stop <laughs> complaining you know, all the time. Mommy is in danger, <laughs> and it's your fault. Yeah, it's all your fault. Uh, uh, <laughs> but you need to go away now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you do you want mommy to be happy? Let's start there, <laughs> and, yeah. and then oh, we'll work like, from that. I don't care. I want more screen time. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Wait, is, that, is that you talking or them? Because now I'm <laughs> it's all of us. Oh. Right. Uh, at the very top, I mentioned there was sort of a little bump on your lifeline. Um, I, I think you said she was smooth and curvy. Yeah. No. And, and now I'm gonna like retract that because I oh. now I see that <laughs> your lifeline is like two halves. There's there's two separate lives essentially being represented here. And that little bump is simply your course correction back into okay. you being able to be happy, uh, yeah. you know, and, and in charge of your own happiness. Are that, you sure it's not that she has split personalities? Because that could be something to talk about. Well, there's this line here. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I Like, you want a percentage or... <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's <what> I <laughs> uh, so the final thing then on your lifeline is at the very tail end of it, there's some unusual shapes like your lifeline sort of stops, changes direction. And then there's this whole other thing that sort of interrupts it. Oh. Uh, if it if there wasn't this other line that sort of rockets off across your palm towards your pinky. If that line wasn't there, I would say that there was something that shape that exists on your lifeline is generally like some kind of a looming medical something, something uh, it not, might not even be a medical problem, but it's something. And I would have to look to see how like more context, like what does that exactly mean? Uh, that's usually just where those show up. However, that's not what you have in your palm. You have this other interesting line that shoots across and heads over towards your pinky. It crosses your fate line. Um, what that would suggest then 
Okay, so I'm going to transition then to your fate line. Just say it, just say it. I'm going to transition to your fate line. Your fate line is here. It's supposed to know where you buried the body. (laughs) I mean, plural. I did it. Uh, Bodies. So (laughs) nailed it. (laughs) Right. Your fate line is supposed to start at your wrist and go vertically straight up your palm. Uh, and yours essentially does, or I should say there, there is a fate line there that does that, uh, much like your lifeline. What are you trying to say? Uh, There's competing lines. There is what I'll get at, but your fate line, just like your lifeline starts a little higher up than I would expect, where I would expect it to be closer to your wrist. It's a little higher up, and I think that just reflects the same thing going on in your lifeline that you sort of didn't get steam built up for your your fate until a little bit later, which is interesting to me that you had a very quick transition into, you know, quote-unquote adulthood or whatever, but you still weren't in charge of your own fate at that point. That still took a little bit of time. She was 10 years old. (laughs) Well, even still, they should sort of mirror each other, and they do here in this case, but I think we know why it's, it's, it looks the way it looks. Um, I like that your fate line is straight up. There's a little bit of curve in it, but that's, that's not really anything. I think that's actually just the like curve of your palm itself. Your fate line is very straight. Uh, I should mention by fate, I don't mean destiny or anything like that. Fate in this context is about the path you've chosen for yourself. Uh, it's usually career-related, but it might not be. It really is just, have you decided what you want to do with yourself? Are you are you making steps towards those goals that you've set for yourself? Are those goals reasonable? All of that sort of thing. It's more of a real-world fate path that you're following. Uh, so your fate line being where, it's, where I would expect it to be and being straight – That means that once you got that steam built up, once you made the movement towards some kind of a goal, uh, you kept doing it. You, you, you have a path and you are, you are following it, which is fabulous. Your fate line stops pretty abruptly at your headline. More ideal would be your fate crossing your head and your heart line. Um, which would mean that that fate, that path that you're following is satisfying you intellectually and emotionally or, or creatively. Um, and for some reason, the path that you are following s- stops at your headline, which means there's some component to this that you are ignoring or unable to see a way to get to that thing. We'll perhaps get into that a little bit down the road here, but. Aside from that, great fate line. So then we're getting to those other, the bodies, the bodies you've hidden. Uh, we're getting to that line. <laughs> oh, no. So you have two, three competing fate lines or lines that are in conflict with your your primary fate line. The first one is that one that shoots off from your lifeline and head towards your pinky. If I make it, work, it actually connects to your heart line, uh, and it doesn't go past your heart line. So then, that implies that there is some emotional connection to your past that currently exists 
that is at odds with the things that you are doing, the path that you have chosen. There is perhaps, again, a family member or this might be collectively grouped as your family or that situation that was making it very difficult for you to go from A to B to C in your path of life. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what that's representing. It's connected to your lifeline. It's connected to your uh, heart line. So it's a family-related emotional connection. I think that all makes sense. The good news is it occurs very low on your fate line, right at the start of your fate line. And it's also very faint. I would not be surprised if that line is on its way to fading out. Uh, it doesn't impact any of the major lines. It doesn't look like it's, you know, sagging any of them down or like it's not throwing things into chaos. So I feel like, okay, that's, that's what that is. And I think you've dealt with it and you're, you're well past it. Okay. The, the second line competing with your fate line is the most unusual line I've seen in a while. It's a horizontal line that comes across from underneath your pinky, that side of your palm, uh, and sort of cuts in reverse at your fate line. Uh, okay, so the thumb pad represents family or responsibility or what, yeah. what have you. The other side of your palm, that pinky pad, the heel of your palm, is sort of the opposite of that. It is not that it's irresponsibility. It is that those would be motivations that you think other people would think are irresponsible. Uh, so let's just say, oh, I don't know. You wanted to be a clown. And uh, you would like, I, your passion is clowning, I, I think is the right way to say it. Uh, clownery. Clownery, right. Sure. Uh, but you... You know in your heart of hearts that everyone around you that you respect would think that's a terrible idea, that that, that would be irresponsible of you to go after your dream of being a clown. That kind of motivation is what would show up on the heel of your palm, like over here. So then... What's unusual? Yeah, someday you're going to find somebody who really did want to be a clown. Oh, that would be a dream. Let's mind. say you wanted to be a clown and they're like, I did. I did want to be a clown. I, <laughs> I would be so happy. Did you want to be a clown? Do you want to be a clown? I mean, Are you, in fact, a clown? Secretly, though. Secretly. Not technically. Um, uh, oh. I mean, I think if oh. I had to guess, it might be, you know, just my, the constant guilt I have of like, Wanting to be, you know, just, I just, um, this idea of pay me because I am funny. Like uh -huh. I, you know, the ongoing pursuit of, of, you know, writing jokes for money, writing comedy for money, um, performing for money and, um, having many years of, of not making any money doing it is, uh, feels like. Um, can I I'm, can I interject real fast yes. before because I I don't want it to be like oh you're just saying what she's saying. The the interesting part of it okay so the the fact that that line is flat I I think jives with what you're saying it, it is something it is a the downward turn. Uh, where it connects with your fate line is an unproductive motivation that you're carrying with you. The fact that that line is flat and then it 
essentially hooks in reverse of everything else would suggest it's an un, unwarranted, unproductive motivation that isn't based on anything else. You're just carrying that notion with you. I was going to say it's perhaps like some kind of a maybe imposter syndrome or something where you feel like the path you're following and the success or rewards you get from it are undeserved. Does that ring I mean, true for you? Partly, yes. It's partly okay. like guilt that I don't provide more to my family. Huh. You know, even though I'm the primary caregiver of my kids, it still feels like, well, I'm not making half the money, you know? And, and also I think there's part of it that has to do with, you know, being from a working class family, you, there are no artists in my family. Like everyone works like, you sure. know, in very um, sort of industrial types of jobs. And the idea that you would go off and be like, well, I'm going to do this thing where I get attention is like, I think they're horrified by it. Like, I think they think how, how dare she do something like that? And like, I can't even bring it up with them because they don't want to even talk about it. Like, I think they think it's wrong that you do something like that. And so there's part of me too, that I feel like, who does she think she is, that she should be able to go do that. And, and so I think that my family's like, I don't know, embarrassment maybe about yeah, it. Yeah. Still, no, maybe it's just a mis just they just don't understand it. It's not a misunderstanding, yeah. it's well, a non understanding. Yeah. I mean, in reality, real yeah, they they misunderstand it, but I, I think her assessment, I the, the feeling of it is correct. Interpretation of yeah. it, you know, I mean, yeah. of course, well, of course, what we're here for we're your new best friends to tell <laughs> you that it wasn't that you were going to go do it, that you've done it. Yeah, that that is and, an and important you've done distinction. It well, and you've done it successfully, and you do it consistently. I just, I think that's what that yeah. line probably, it's that sort yeah. of that at my worst moments, that feeling will come in and yeah. I have to be like, go away feeling, you're wrong, okay. like yeah. you're fine. But you know, it's that still that sort of part that comes comes up occasionally, um, which I think is probably common of a lot of people in this is in this business, which is, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, but we don't care about them. We only care about you. Well, thanks. I'm I'm going to be here every day. Uh, <laughs> and um, daily affirmations for you. Call my therapist and say, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. But we're I, good. I, I have thought. a palm reader now. And, yeah, I don't yeah. need you. I, I've got I somebody who can tell me about what's coming up, too. An unlicensed palm reader and a very <laughs> practical sidekick. That's going to be so good. Can you tell me what's going to happen in the future? And they're like, no, this is therapy. That's not what they're like. All right, I'm out. <laughs> How does it make me feel? Let me tell you. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I think then we've definitively figured out what that unusual line is on your palm. Yes. What's really unusual to me, like I said, is the fact that it's horizontal on your line, which everything else in your palm is nice and organic, and this line is weirdly straight across your palm, and the fact that it hooks in reverse of everything else on your on your palm. So, yes, and it's there. So, yeah, you've been carrying it with you since the beginning, that's um, the malarkey line. That's the official term for it. That is the malarkey line. I I like that name. Let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on fading that out. Yes, Don, <laughs> fade that line. You can. With you, we want to see that one out of here. Much like the other uh, pinky oriented line, it is pretty faint on your palm. I gotta say, compared to how deeply cut all of the other lines are on your palm, this also might be on its way out. So I, yeah, I think that's also good news. Baloney, I need him out of here. Uh, no malarkey. Out. No baloney. Done. 
What's next? The next is, so from that unusual horizontal line, there's another line that cuts across this way and intersects at the top of your fate line where I would want to see it cross your headline, but it does not. This line appears to be interfering with your fate line. So I think this is all one sort of symbol on your palm. We know what the horizontal line is. This other line is connected directly to it, and it's connected directly to the top of your fate line where it can't continue. So this is a current and ongoing situation for you as far as your fate. I would say that if you are, if you're not actively trying to rid yourself of that emotional baggage of, I don't think other people will respect it or, or the, the fact that you, you give them so much weight in your own mind. Uh, if you're not actively trying to rid yourself of that, the effect, according to your palm, is that you can't get to the next level as far as satisfying your creativity and your intellect and your passion. You can't get it whole on you. Your, your fate, the path that you're following, will satisfy one of those elements at any given moment. Uh, and, and according to your palm, the reason is you are simply not giving yourself permission to get to that next level, to throw your whole self into your path. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the the solution there, I, I feel like is pretty self-evident. Obviously, you just, just, you simply need to get rid of lifelong emotional baggage. There, done, period. Did we do it? We end this podcast. Let's do it now so we can watch it happen. So, right, and go. <laughs> oh, we fixed her. We fixed her. Let's take a break. I just let it go. I just let it go. Yeah. I, 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 the question then is, do you feel like you are actively working to address and resolve those things? Or do you feel like, oh, that's kind of, that's going to be a thing that's with me, I think, for a while? I think I am. Okay, I actually good. do think I am. I think I work on that stuff pretty, I, let's say I'm aware when it comes up. And then I work on it in the moment. I do positive self-talk. I, I say, you don't belong here. Get on out, malarkey. <laughs> malarkey line, malarkey. yeah. Which is now my new favorite uh, word to, 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 to name. I'm, I'm naming it malarkey. Thank you for that. My pleasure. It's it's good then. I, I mean, that's, that is fabulous that you are present and addressing it. There's, according to your poem, there's still a component that you are not, not addressing. Uh, I don't, I, and certainly if, if something jumps out to you, we don't, we don't have to go into that, of course, but your poem is saying there's some component that is the most difficult part of all of that to resolve for some reason or to come to terms with. Um, and that component, according to your poem, is uh, is pivotal for you to to get your your fate into that next level where you're satisfying all different facets of your life. Um, okay, so okay, we're going to move on to your headline because now this is transitioning over to that. 
by the way, your headline, as I mentioned earlier, starts where your lifeline starts between your thumb and index finger. And it's the sort of horizontal line that cuts across your palm. It's the bottom of those two horizontal lines. Okay. Uh, your, we already discussed how the splits from your lifeline happens fairly early. Uh, after that, it's really something on your palm. Where that split happens, right after that, your headline is so deeply cut and so straight across your palm. Uh, I'm, I'm scared of you. I'm intimidated by you. There's, there's a certain level of intellect that you possess. Uh, the straightness and deeply cutness of the line would, for example, suggest that you are stubborn. You're a stubborn person. When you have settled an idea in your head, it is very difficult to pull you out of that settlement. Uh, and if somebody needs to do that, they need to probably do it with facts and facts that make sense to you. Uh, I, I, I mean, when I see that sort of a shape, uh, I would use the word pig-headed sometimes. <laughs> How about tenacious? How about determined? Uh, no, see, that's, that's all related to the fate line. And she is tenacious, no, this is pig-headedness. No. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> Are you pig-headed? You're super, you're super intelligent, but also pig-headed? I, I mean... A pig-headed person would be like, no, I'm not. And then I would be like, yeah, there it is. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I am. I think I'm... You're yeah, only talking, I, you're only I talking to I, us. Remember, you're only that? talking... You're only talking to us. Nobody else is listening. Just tell us. I think I'm very committed to an idea once I have held on to it. I mean, I, I think I, <laughs> I think it's hard for me to back down from my idea once I've committed oh, to it. Oh, that's interesting. You know what that kind of sounds like? <laughs> Not big-headed. Well, okay. I mean, sure. Christine, you can find a... Uh, a better word for pig-headed, but I I feel like like that's settled. We've all we all agree. <laughs> the the downward sort of downward slope of your headline by itself, like it would mean that there's uh, a stronger propensity for being pessimistic, and I and in your case, it would be a propensity for being unproductively pessimistic. However, there's more context to your palm. And I think what I'm saying is your fate line and the weight of that other offshoot line that's preventing you perhaps from achieving next level satisfaction in your life. I think that situation is just sort of pulling down your headline. Uh, and it's just visually representing that there is something weighing on your mind uh, that when you when you're following your fate, when you're doing the things that you that you do, uh, you might be a little too much in your head about whether or not a thing is successful, whether or not you can say like job well done. It seems like you are just shy of accepting your brilliance, accepting your success, accepting that there's even more for you to do 
uh, and more to explore and more to expand on in everything that you do. You're just shy of that because uh, according to your palm, you're, you're being sort of trapped in your head for the reasons we've discussed earlier that, that it is, there's an emotional connection component. I, like I said, that one is on its way out. This other one is far, far more head related that there's, there's, Clearly, according to your poem, there's something, an idea, um, information, something that is very difficult to you for you to resolve intellectually. And so it is not getting worked on because perhaps it is not an intellectual problem. It is not a thing that you can think your way out of. It is perhaps something more emotional and you are not able to resolve that for a variety of reasons, probably one of which we've already discussed. This isn't to say, like, I, I'm not saying that you are trapped, that this is a dead end and that you will never get out of this. Again, this is all about now you are aware what your palm thinks. Uh, and perhaps it'll make it easier for you to identify this and be like, okay, I need to, I need to attack this problem in a different way. I've been doing it in a particular way but perhaps I'm not seeing the results I would expect. Let's try a different approach. And I think that's ultimately what I'm getting at here with this particular part of the interpretation is whatever that emotional baggage is, that's the strongest that's preventing you from being satisfied with your success and your abilities and what you've done so far. Um, whatever that thing is, perhaps a tr tr try to get at it a different way. Maybe, you know, like a martini. Yeah, if you have not, you know, tried several martinis in a row, try that. Like if you're if you're a two Is martini that your person, official diagnosis and advice. For go for six martinis. <laughs> <laughs> is is it my official uh, as your official palm reader? Is that my official interpretation? Unlicensed. Uh, all right, that part is true. <laughs> I, I, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to double down and say, yes, if that's something you haven't tried before, Christine, oh, you know, give I it a shot. my entire twenties <laughs> and, uh, I was not very productive, oh. it turns out. So maybe that's not the answer. Sure. Okay. There we go. Just try I'm so glad new. we cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it cleared it up for me. So how many martinis have you had today? Quilo? So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, there we go. Uh, so the final thing on your headline is at the very end of it, I generally look for a snake tongue or fork pattern, a little V shape or Y shape, maybe if you prefer Ys. Uh, if I really squint my eyes, you sort of have one. I'm going to say no, though. You don't have one. Do what I want one? Well, what that symbol represents is in decision-making, you weigh equally between what your head tells you and what your gut tells you, that you do a gut check and you also check in with how do I feel about this decision or what do I want from this decision? You don't have that symbol, which means you are weighing heavily on one or the other. Which one? Uh, I'm going to say, add. I've already said earlier... <laughs> It's you're weighing too much on what your head tells you and you are not apparently way checking in with your gut. 
with your gut instinct on things, or you're even worse, ignoring your gut instinct and going with what your brain tells you because you trust your brain and it's been right. <laughs> like it's, this isn't unwarranted. However, the ideal situation, of course, is balance, is to be able to check in with both sides of you and use both of those bits of information to come to a conclusion, hopefully, that will make you happy and move you along on your uh, your fate path. Uh, mm-hmm. So in this, in your case, according to your palm, you are uh, overemphasizing the intellectual aspect of decision-making. You are apparently in your head a lot about decisions. You're weighing information and numbers and probable outcomes. And at one hand, it's very brilliant that you're able to do this, that you're the kind of person who can like go through all the possibilities and come to a conclusion. Like that's the part that I'm saying is important. You are arriving at a conclusion you're not somebody who is just stuck in their head all the time. Uh, so it, it, that, that's really, that's really powerful that you were able to do that as your official palm reader. My advice, however, would be that uh, more ideal than that would be balance again. Uh, and so how do you feel about that? Does that check out for you that you're somebody who's in your head with the numbers and the facts and the possibilities and whatnot? Well, I definitely agree that I don't, equally weigh decisions and I definitely um, need to, (laughs) but I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's the, the brain doing it. Like I, I, I'm historically, I'm a very spontaneous person when it comes to major life life decisions. And I don't think about it very much. I think is my problem. Like even when I decided to move to California, I didn't know anyone. I didn't really have a plan. I didn't have a job. I just was like, it's time. And I just packed a my car and I left. Dream. Yeah. I was like, well, it'll work out. <laughs> um, and hey. I did that too when I was in California for and, and I didn't have a job for here. And I could, I hadn't, standup wasn't going well and I couldn't get hired on any TV shows. And I was like, maybe I, maybe I just need to go to New York. And this was dumb. It was February and I didn't really know anyone in New York. I didn't have any money. And I was oh, like, wow. it's going to work out and packed up my car and went to New York and that didn't work out. And I was only there for two oh, weeks, but like, oh, wow. I think Whoa. I just, and then I drove back. Cause I was like, that was the dumbest thing I could have done. Like it's cold. It's depressing here. I don't know anybody. How am I even going to make this work? Like, so, and I do that kind of, I kind of say yes to every, you know, like my husband always jokes cause he's German and he's very practical. And whenever we're going to do, I'm like, we should just move to vermont you know like it's everything's on fire here and he's like no like what about this and this and this and i'm like we'll figure it out like i'm very much a we'll figure it out like person um and a lot of the times it works out but sometimes it really doesn't you know so i think i don't i don't know if that's then me doing my gut or if i do think about it but i just don't let the negative stuff come in I'm I'm like, it well this this is gonna work and that and this. That's interesting. All right. So, so I yeah, I, I mean or at first blush, I'm gonna say that perhaps my maybe my interpretation here is wrong. Maybe. Could be wrong. Uh and I don't like that and the show is now over. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, and I just cut, cut my, uh, my mic right now. Uh, okay, so I could just be wrong. If I wanted to try to 
reinterpret based on now what you're telling me and, you know, I believe you, I'm still hearing that despite the spontaneity, despite, you know, like not having a plan, you also said that like it usually works out. Uh, and, and so I, I, I would be like, well, maybe that's the thing then. Like you're still able to think your way out of a problem despite it not having a plan or being spontaneous or, you, you know, it, uh, because I don't, I'm not hearing from you that you are uh, lucky or like you're emotionally no, charismatic and people I'm swoop in lucky. to help you out. Like, like, is that, is that what's <laughs> happening? That everyone around you just like really, really, really likes you and is no. able to thrust you forward. Oh, okay. That was, that was a quick no. I don't think that's, no. that's, that's not my, <laughs> that's not happening with me. I can oh, tell okay. you that okay. I, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's for sure. I think, I don't believe it. You know, I think when it, what happens is like, I'll say, yeah, I'm going to just move across the country and it's all going to work out, but I'm not like insane about it. I'll still be like, all right, I'm going to drive six hours today. I know I need to have a hotel once I get to, you know, Chicago area. I call it, I mean, this was back in the early 2000s. So it wasn't even like, it was easy. You had to have like a giant Thomas guide or whatever. I, remember use, I had to use a yeah. map. And so Aww. I just pour one out for the Thomas guy. <laughs> you know, and the little phone that you, you did texting. What was that? You know, yeah. you didn't text. So I'd call ahead and make sure I had a hotel. It wasn't like, as I, it was like, Oh, and I slept in my car. Cause I didn't have a plan, whatever. Like, I think I was still was an adult. I think because I had been an adult since I was nine. So I think I was yeah. always pretty responsible, even in my, like, I'm going to just do this spontaneously. It was spontaneous for how spontaneous I was. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so then now, I, I think this is the first time I've sort of been in this situation. Portland, you got to make a judgment call. Was okay, I was I right and just describing it poorly? Now that you've heard Christine sort of explain what what the real situation is, okay. Well, or was I problem. totally wrong and I need to end this Inter podcast Wait, right now? Listen, listen, listen. Okay. In terms of uh, early life chaos and childhood ending rather abruptly and making weird choices and being super spontaneous while also overthinking things. I'm finding too many similarities with myself and with Christine and I don't like it. Okay. So <laughs> what I'm going to say is actually, I do think Wheatley was right about this. I do think that you're an overthinker, but I understand the propensity towards leaping even though you have already thought it through, it's not hella spontaneous. In other words, it is spontaneity with lots of backup. And yeah. I feel that deeply. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. That's a fair assessment. And I don't mean backup in terms of like people you can call at every, every six hours between LA and, and New York. I mean, right. I, I mean, you have, you know where you're going to stay, you know, that you're going to be able to put gas in the car and, you have the, you have the maturity and the wherewithal since a very young age to take care of yourself and to yes. take what needs to be taken care of, but you also want to be able to just pick up and go. And the reason you can pick up and go is because you matured so early. So you can yeah. be spontaneous because the thought process and the maturity and the intellect is already there. It's already in place. Well, yes, you're, you're providing your own safety net. Yeah. You, you need to. 
It's right. not like you're like, well, it's going to work out because somebody's going to come along and fix this for me. Because so, I have a, I have a suspicion that for a long time and maybe even still, you didn't trust other people to get it right. No, no, no. Take care of whatever needed to take be taken care of, whether it was taking a toll on you, and of course it was, but you would not admit that simply because you didn't trust other people to get it right. Like you needed to be the one to make the arrangements because not because they couldn't, but just because you needed to. Absolutely. Just, absolutely. I will just take, I'll just oh, take care okay. of it. I will stay up until 2 a.m. and do all the things if necessary. I, you know, you, I mean, you, not me. It's not about me. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so, Portland, uh, I want to talk about your headline right now. It's a, my, I was saying, okay, look, <laughs> I was saying to how <laughs> the lines on your hand look to the lines on my hand, and I don't care for where we're going here at all. That's wild. That's wild. I think what we're going for is a coffee soon. <laughs> I did say early on that you and I were now best friends. I'm going to cut Quitla out of that equation because he's just upsetting us both. This is not the first time. That's it. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> uh, okay. I all right. I, I feel I feel pretty good about that. I I feel better. Did I that... answer your question? I don't know. I felt uh, like no. I got... Well, yeah. You made the judgment call, and the call was Quitla was right. So, and then oh, I, I I really spaced out after that. Sorry. So fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not the first time. And more importantly, Christine, you, you, yes. it felt like you agreed with Portland's call on this. Uh, once we yes. sort of re reconfigured the interpretation. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's what I have to say about, oh, oh, all right. So one more thing, one more thing on your headline. And this is now um, matching your lifeline and your fate line. I, for something as deeply cut and as straight as your headline is, I would also expect it to extend way further across your palm. The length of it is not like, that means you're smarter. It would just be about the, the weight that your intellect, the weight you give your intellect. I, I feel like you give it a lot of weight, uh, and, and correctly, rightly so, but it's still shorter on your palm. The rest of your lines so far have been that same way. And I think it's the same reason that you are, there's just things that, that is, are preventing you from, again, just like your fate, achieving that full satisfaction on every facet. Same thing with your lifeline, that it's not that you're incapable of being happy, but you are aware and uh, hyper aware of other people's happiness, i.e. I, your kids or whatever, and that it may be their happiness over yours. Like you've made that decision. If that has to come up, it's their happiness first. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing is happening with your headline where you are right before you have some kind of intellectual creative epiphany and something, you hit a ceiling of some kind, uh, a barrier, let's say that, you put in place perhaps again, because you feel like you don't deserve or like other people around you aren't going to like the things you have to say or something. I'm not entirely sure what it is because that part of your palm is suspiciously smooth and there's not very many lines going on there, except these other lines that we've already covered. Uh, so I, I, it's all related and, you okay. are aware of it. So uh, so now I okay. will move on. <laughs> uh, so the final line 
and your palm is your heart line, it mm-hmm. starts uh, underneath your pinky and goes across, in your case, towards your index finger. Uh, at this point, you will now notice a pattern. Your lifeline starts up top and heads down. Your fate line starts at the at your wrist and heads up. Headline from your thumb over to your pinky. Uh, heart line, pinky over to your thumb. These two sets of lines are set in opposition. Your head and your heart will always want different things, so they are in opposition. Your own happiness will be opposite to your fate in life because you will have to essentially either sacrifice or at least weigh between what will make you happy and what you need to get done. So I just like to point out that beautiful pattern on your palm that these things are built to be in opposition to each other. It's, it's beautiful to me. I'm seeing Portland make faces about it. What? It's no, beautiful I'm to fine. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so your heart line here, uh, what I look for is a smooth upward curve. You'll notice the pattern there. I like to see curves on things. Um, <laughs> you, you have an upward curve. It's at first glance, it's a little flat, but I think this is the actual angle I'm seeing of your palm. I don't think that's as flat as it shows in this picture. I, I, I think there's an upward curve. Because my hand was like a little bent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And so I'm taking that in, uh, taking that into account. I see there's a curve, and a curve means you are not a psychopath. So congratulations on that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was wondering if you could tell. I, I can. I absolutely <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's taken us yeah. this long to be sure. Yeah, but now, now I know for sure, yeah. and now you know for good. sure. Now um, I know too. Yeah, I, I would worried. not want to see a flat heart line, uh, or the worst case scenario scenario would be a heart line that arcs downward towards your wrist. I don't want to see any of that. You no. have an upward curved uh, heart line, which. Jokes aside, according to my palm reading style, would mean that you are capable of, ma- of making functional emotional connections to things, to people, to Good. pets, to ideas. That's great. <laughs> what I also look for is when your heart line goes apart and comes back together. Um, and for you, it actually has this like rope pattern. Uh, and, okay. and all of those little islands, those little kernel shapes, those are all representative of strong emotional connections that you have in your life that, according to your palm, are impacting you in some way that we need to register them. Uh, So there's, it's interesting to me that that pattern doesn't show up early on. Um, it takes a little while for the very first large emotional connection to show up. And I think knowing what we know about your your childhood and whatnot, I think that makes sense. Um, you have a lot of emotional connections that show up on your heart line, and I think that's great. Um, th- that all it's just signs of like healthy emotional connections to things. I don't see a lot of lines that cross your heart line vertically or hang off of your heart line, those kinds of lines uh, would look like, those would be emotional connections that are weighing on you, that are taking okay. more from you than you are receiving, whereas the island shapes are beneficial emotional connections, or I should say uh, two-way connections where you are giving and getting what 
what you would want from that relationship. Like islands in the stream. Exactly. That is what we are. Like Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. I have that. <laughs> well, at least you got that going for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I think that's all great. There's a that's large emotional connection that overarcs several of them here. That's really unusual for me to see. Usually when uh, an emotional connection, which again could be a person, could be a thing, could be an idea, uh, some kind of a cultural aspect. For example, if you were very religious, that would Mm -hmm. show up as an emotional connection and it would be registered just like everything else. You have a very long one up top there. Unusual in that if an emotional connection is around for a while, often it will disappear because it's assumed to be default. Like that will now just be always represented. We don't need to record that information anymore. It will always be there. So that's not happening for this one emotional connection. Uh, It's an emotional connection that would have started, gosh, I don't know, late teens, I guess, I'm your poem. And it exists to this day, uh, Kevin it, Bacon? Could it be it, Kevin Bacon? It could be Kevin Bacon. If I don't know. If your exposure yeah. to the bacon was like around your late teens. Whose wasn't? <laughs> I mean, that might, uh, you know what? I don't think it's Kevin Bacon because that okay. was young. I, you know, I saw Footloose when I was younger and okay, that was yeah. a really big deal. I think it's Kevin be... Bacon is the kind of connection that is default on your part. You're right. You're right. The, Kev- the bacon catalyst. The ba- <laughs> You're right. That's the already, I've already, way earlier, I've already, so. he's already embedded yeah. deeply. Yeah. So you wouldn't see that. This isn't a thing you need to identify. It's just, uh, it's just a new, simply, simply unusual to see this. Oh, wait, home. you don't want me to keep listing? Uh, yes. No, please do. Please do. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> the, the only thing about that, Emotional connection mm-hmm. uh, is that it it's only represented on top of your heart line. So this is, I, I don't know if, for example, your, your fate was in, if your path in life is motivated by like your love for theater or your love for being a clown or something, something like perhaps that might be it. And that it is a emotional connection that is continually stoked for you. Or if like you had a passion for writing, I guess, would be a better example than clowns yeah. for you. But if that's like a continual passion for you, that like it gets renewed every time you do it, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe it's comedy. Maybe it's just Steve Martin and yeah. my love of comedy. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, famously hilarious. Bye, Kevin Bacon. Nice try with your dance moves, but you don't get to stick around. No, no. He's so embedded that it has faded away. It's now just, uh, it's just part of you. Yep. So what's nice about it, I guess, is that you are getting continual emotional energy, emotional satisfaction from whatever that thing is, uh, and, I, and again, I'm just stressing that it's unusual to see it recorded on somebody's palm. So that's great for you. I'm jealous that you get continual emotional satisfaction from something uh, and, and have been for a long time. It's good uh, to be me, guys. It's good. It's, yeah. I know. Really good. <laughs> yeah, Portland, she knows. 
I got you. She's so, living my life. The other thing I see on your uh, heart line is very distinct two lines here that come sort of one and then another. Uh, the, the, those two lines are to perhaps individuals uh, that take up a lot of your emotional energy, but it's like a, a, a you're kids. willingly giving it to them. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know who yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty apparent. <laughs> I like the, to see them here. And I like much like the, the other lines on your palm. I like to see how deeply cut they are. Uh, your children they're keepers. Have yeah. They're, oh. You're going to keep them for a while. In all ways. <laughs> The first cut is the deepest, but that second one also very deep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so, um, interestingly enough, you do have that fork shape at the end of your heart line. It's huge. It's that's like a fondue fork yeah, at the end of her like heart line. It's like exaggerated, really big. right? Uh, that's like a rattlesnake, term. but like in a nice way. I don't know. He's going to tell me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, actually. Uh, it's called the rattlesnake line. It means you're a snake emotionally. No. Uh, mm. it, where the other one on your headline was about decision making, uh, this one is about whether or not uh, your decision uh, to make emotional connections, you are uh, apparently very good at deciding who gets to who gets to be connected to you, who gets to see the real you. Um I mean, according to your palm, you, you're you good at judging people and whether or not you need to give them the time of day or not. Like, you can quick read them and be like, oh, okay, this is somebody who I can perhaps open up to uh, and somebody who isn't. You're also quick to see, like, I get what you are in my life. You're not going to, you're not going to get the whole package here. Um, I, I think that would I guess I would describe it as like an emotional intelligence that you have that capacity and it's great. Um, it, it's already reflected in the rest of your heart line. You have so many emotional connections, strong emotional connections, and none of them seem to be de detrimental to you. You're getting what you need from these connections. You're giving back what they need. It's all healthy and fabulous. And I'm super jealous of your heart line. It's, it's really good. So the... I don't have time for scrubs. <laughs> you know what? This is a TLC inspired. Uh -huh. It's episode. TLC meets Kevin Bacon, which is <laughs> extraordinary. I'd like to see him dance uh, to that. Actually, it's probably online somewhere. All right, we'll we'll look for it later. Yeah, uh, later. We'll do it right now. Let's guys. You'll find it in the show notes. Link <laughs> uh, <laughs> in show notes behind the paywall. I'm sure. <laughs> So that's that that that's that's it. That's my palm reading. We made th uh, through it. Uh, we we made it through all four lines. Nice. We laughed. We cried. Yeah. yeah. We'll probably a do bit. some more later. Yeah. We'll probably do more after when we think back on this. Yeah. We'll probably be do more laughing and crying. Mm -hmm. We're all gonna think about this a lot. I will be. Don't you worry about it. I have a lot to process now that I've learned so much about you. <laughs> that didn't sound remotely familiar. Uh, okay. Do you want to do you want to take a break and then we come back and uh, do I want to take a break from all of this? I'm, I'm asking the show. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we should. Okay. I reckon we should. I need a minute to process this and I got to search up that Kevin Bacon video. So hang on, everybody.
everybody okay? <laughs> yeah, I just had a therapy session, so I'm good. Oh my goodness gracious, Christine Kimmel, what have you done to us? What have we done to you? Put me through the ringer. You're welcome. I I hope not. I hope this is more enlightening than uh, torture. Uh, That would be great if you could just lie and just tell me that it was, you know, enlightening. It was super fun. Okay. I learned a lot. It was not super fun. It was super something. It was super a thing. What I would like to know, um, were there any things that, jumped out at you that were either wildly right and eerie, which would be great to hear, or like wildly wrong. We sort of had a hiccup with your headline and we needed a, a third party to, you know, give us a judgment on that. Why, and why it worked here. out. But was there, now's the time. Like, oh, you, you know, you mentioned uh, two lines and we thought those were my kids, but it turns out I lied about my kids and like, and like, ah, ha, ha, I don't me. have and, kids. <laughs> When well, I not- say kids, I mean kittens. I have kittens, but they're really my kids. You know, Aww, my kittens maybe. are my kids. No. Um, let's see. So, well, I think the um, stuff in the beginning was pretty good. Okay. You know, you, okay. you got my number on that got with it. the big dark scars. That's what I call my two brothers, big dark scars. <laughs> That's kind of and badass, I gotta say. Uh, you called it. Um, <laughs> and uh, the oh, the stuff at the end I thought was great, where you talked about not suffering fools as far as friendships oh. or just knowing people. I feel like I'm pretty quick with people, as just knowing like, okay, this person is gonna be a acquaintance. Mm-hmm. This person could be a friend. Like just kind of quickly having an good insight into people. I think I have, I think I have that. Um, yeah, I think the sort of using my head that got a little murky about the sort of, do I use my gut or my head? It was hard for me to know if you were right, because I was, I'm not sure when I do those sort of big decision in life, I'm like, is it my gut that I'm listening to? Or is it my head? Because I think Portland was correct that I think it's, I think it's spontaneous, but I've actually been really ruminating on it for a long time. And then when I do it, I tend to then do it really fast. Yeah. So it becomes spontaneous to other people. It's not spontaneous inside you. You were already there. I've been thinking about this for, you know, years. Yeah. Like you've been arguing with yourself and others quietly (laughs) about this in the shower for many years and you know, it's the right thing that's going to happen next. You don't so everyone else is like, what? You just did this thing. And I'm like, exactly. it's a long time in the coming. So so I think it's maybe, I don't know which one it is. I think maybe it it's is okay. head. But I, I do think I am a person who strongly believes in the gut being a place to pay attention to. Okay. As well. I don't, I don't know if I have successfully mastered that, but. No, I, I, I mean, I. At this point, it's not really like whether I'm right or wrong. I I, I would just like to know like where you no, no, where you feel like. Check back on the part where she said Portland was right. Uh, no. I I don't can I didn't I my my oh, headset. Can you, we can run out, that back. I think. Uh, uh, producer Rob, yeah. can you run that back? Um, but I do <laughs> I do think that despite the part about where you have not become a gut master, that you have you you're I know you're using your heart and your gut and your head all in in concert with one another I know you are 
it does, I don't think you need to be able to pinpoint which one is guiding you. I think it would be foolish to think that one of those things is guiding you. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really insightful thing to say, Portland. See, Portland was right again. <laughs> you guys make a good team. Thank Aw, you. yay. That's a nice thing to say. Well, we're really happy to have you on our team. And we appreciate the opportunity to hold your hand physically <laughs> and sort of emotionally. Uh, and we love seeing what's on your Hollywood palm. Do you have any takeaways from this that we should know about? Like, should we stop immediately and we're horrible people? Or you loved it? Or is there something in between? I think it was fabulously fun. I do want you to know one thing I did that's Please. so silly. Yes is when you asked me to send in pictures of my palm, I immediately took 10 photos of the top of my hand. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. my daughter came over and she goes, mom, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm going to go on this podcast where they read my palm. And she said, so why are you taking pictures of the top of your hand? And I was I like, I, how they are. I don't know. I don't know how to be a person. What? <laughs> So that is a remarkable thing for you to admit admitted to us. Now you. I really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. I I have no shame. So <laughs> that, that didn't, I guess you didn't see that in the palm <laughs> reading. Uh, thank you for having me. This was a really interesting experience. Christine Kimmel, I hope that you have now learned how to survive a palm reading. And we're really delighted so. that you let us uh, practice yes, on you. Thank you, Christine. Thank <laughs> yes, you so anytime. Yay. Thanks for listening to Hollywood Palms. Please rate and review the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. And if you didn't like the show, you could just keep that to yourself. If you want to know more, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hollywood Palms. Subscribe to the various tiers to hear exclusive episodes and learn about other premium options, including getting a personal reading by Quitla. You know, I might be there if you want me to be. And I won't be if you don't. Hollywood Palms is produced by Rob Beals. Our logo designed by the talented David Polston. Music by the delightful Miguel Garcia-Hool. Hollywood Palms is a Genius Royale production.